Good job. So we're talking about the Ten Commandments, right? And how God gave them to Moses. So I want to read you a little bit from the Bible about how that happened because Moses had to go up a big mountain and it was called Mount Sinai. Hey, Christian. Christian. (laughs) Have you guys heard of Mount Sinai? It's a big, big mountain. So listen to what it says here in Scripture, okay? I want you to listen because this has got some really cool stuff in it. Okay? This is Exodus 19, chapter, uh, chapter 19, verse 16. It says, On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning. Whoa. With a very thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. Whoa. I bet you guys didn't know, but God is a really good trumpet player. He's like like the best trumpet player in the whole world. You think of the best trumpet player you've ever heard? God, way better on trumpet. And it says, everyone in the camp trembled. Can you guys tremble for me? Do you know why we tremble? It's when we're scared. We go, oh, and like our knees go to get back together like this. And we get really sick. And it says, then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God. And they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke. Imagine all that smoke. Because the Lord descended on it in fire. So the Lord came as like a fire. And the smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace. Do you guys know what a furnace is? It's a really hot fire. Okay? And the whole mountain trembled violently. Can you guys tremble again for me? Really tremble. Come on, more than that. Come on, more. Tremble, tremble. Okay? And the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder. Whoa, do you hear that? There it is again. It says, then Moses spoke and the voice of God answered him. Wow. Can you imagine being there when that happened? I think that would have been pretty amazing. So one of the things, I don't know if we have any stuff. We talked about maybe trying to build a Mount Sinai. I don't know if we we got any stuff together for that or not. We didn't. So you're going to have to, I want you to imagine an amazing Mount Sinai, okay? And as you do that, I want to talk to the grown-ups for a few minutes, okay? All right? So hang in there because we're going to come back. I got some more stuff for you. And there's also another verse I want you to show the church about, okay? So, Ilana made a good point, which was that she said, huh, there was two tablets of stone, and so there was probably five commandments on each, right? That's a good assumption. And actually, what we're doing today is we've, we've, we've taken the commandments out of order. If you remember, we'd covered commandments one and two, but this week we've skipped to number five because it's Children's Sunday, and we're talking about the commandment to, to honor your father and your mother. So this was a good one to to have the kids involved with. So next week, we'll get back on track. We'll get back to the third commandment, which is do not use the Lord's name in vain. So you have a week to wash your mouths out, folks, okay? But two tablets of stone were told that the commandments were given to Moses on. And yeah, you might think, well, yeah, it's probably five on each. But actually, what was more likely was it was actually two copies of the Ten Commandments, one copy on one stone, one copy on the other. Because this was a traditional thing to do with an ancient uh, Near Eastern uh, treaty or covenant 
that was signed between two parties. And what you typically had was what was called a suzerain and a vassal. And the suzerain was the, the, the more powerful person or nation, and that the vassal was, was, was the weaker of the two who signed the covenant. And so there would be two copies made, one for the suzerain and one for the vassal. But at the same time, it is nice to think of the commandments, the Ten Commandments, kind of having two parts to them. And if you hear the first Sunday we started a few weeks back, I mentioned that the, the first four commandments are concerned with our relationship with God. And then the last six are concerned with our relationship towards each other. And that's really what our Christian life is about. It's about our relationship to God and our relationship to one another. And of course, our relationship with God will affect how we relate to each other. So, um, <clears throat> the first of the commandments is about our relationship. This is the first one that is about our relationship to one another. And um, this makes sense because the relationship we have with our parents shapes our relationship with others. It's actually the first place we learn what relationship is. How we relate to our parents, whether that be in a good way or a bad way, or maybe it's through a lack of a parent, that will in some way shape how we relate to everybody else in our life. So in teaching us how to to love one another, God starts with how we love our parents and our families. Loving our neighbors starts in the home. So relationships between parents and children are actually, they're the first and primary relationship upon which society is built. So it's no surprise that when this relationship is broken or it's disordered or dysfunctional, then it actually affects our society at large. And God puts so much importance on this commandment to honor your parents because in an ideal world, in other words, the way it was meant to be, family is the basic social unit and it's also the basic spiritual unit of society, of of civilization. Usually what happens with the decline of a civilization is it begins with the, the decline and, the, and the, the falling away of the family unit. So if you're a parent in here this morning, um, you are your child's first and primary pastor and teacher. Because you can bring them to church once a week and perhaps something during the week, but ultimately you're with them day in, day out, and you are their primary pastor and their primary teacher so kids let me go back to you for a second okay do your parents do they ever ask you to do anything that you don't want to do yeah like what kind of things do they ask you to do that you don't want to do chores clean your room what else what is it chores chores gotcha I know how you they don't have any problems answering these questions, do they? The other questions are like, yeah, and they're like, oh, no, I've got plenty of answers for this. Do laundry. <laughs> Somebody's teaching him well. He's got him, yes. Good job. Yeah. So why, why do you not like having to do these things? Why? Because they're boring. So would you like it if your parents were like, hey, go play your video games? You'd be okay with that? Yeah. So it's true, isn't it? Our parents, they they ask us to do things and we're like, oh, do we really have to go and do that right now? I'm a kid, I'm so busy, okay? 
But do you think there's a good reason why, why your parents, why your mum or your dad might ask you to do things that you don't want to do? <laughs> Anybody? Buller? Anyone? Well, it's because, really, they're asking you to do things that really are, are good for you. And as a kid, sometimes we don't realize that certain things are good for us. Like, you know when they say, hey, eat your broccoli? Yeah, exactly. Ew, right? But broccoli's really good for you, especially with cheese on it. Exactly. <laughs> Mask the taste. My sister used to cover her vegetables in applesauce. It worked. But right, so your pa- our parents, they ask us to do things like this because actually... They're good for us. And do you know what? Here's the thing. You know when you don't want to do something, but you do it anyway? Guess what that's doing? That is honoring your parents. Does anybody know what the word honor means? It's a fancy word, isn't it? What does honor mean? Anybody? Do you know what it means, Owen? So it means, it means kind of t- to respect and to pay um, Give somebody their due. And actually, the word honor, it's from a Hebrew word, kaved, which actually means heavy. The word means heavy. And it's used a lot in Scripture to describe God's glory. It means weighty. So when we're talking about honor your, your parents, what it's meaning is give your parents the due weight and respect that is due them. Well, <clears throat> so let me ask you another question, kids. Does it make it easier to do something... If your parents promise you'll get something in return. Do your parents ever say that? Look, if you clean your room, we'll go out for ice cream afterwards. Go on, Ilana. Mm-hmm. They bribed you to get your hair cut at the buzz off? And what did they bribe you with? let you get whatever you want at Chuck E. Cheese. That's a pretty good bribe. That's a good deal. So it, does, it makes things easier, doesn't it, when your parents promise you something in return, right? Well, the Apostle Paul actually says that this is the first commandment with a promise. Listen to what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 to 3. He says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you, that you may enjoy a long life on earth. So that's the promise. If you are good to your parents and you do what they tell you, you're going to have a long life. Does that sound good? And really what Paul means here, he doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to grow to you're really, really, really old. You might. But really what he means is that your life here will be a rich life. It will be a life full of good things and that you will have a good life in the Lord. <clears throat> you know, here's the funny thing. You know, are there ever times when, when you don't do what your parents tell you? You ever done that? Like your parents will tell you to do something and you don't do it. Have you ever done that, Wilson? How about you, Owen? Have you ever done that? Yeah. And what happens when you don't do something your parents tell you? They get mad. And do they sometimes do they tell you off and give you a punishment? Yeah. Right? Well, guess, you know, here's the interesting thing. You know, when, when we do that, we're actually doing the same thing that the very first two people who ever lived did. Do you know who the very, very first two people were ever? 
Who is it? Mary and Joseph? Good guess. Not quite. There's people even before Mary and Joseph. <gasps> yeah. Adam and Eve, that's right. And do you remember what happened with Adam and Eve? Wilson? That's right, good man, exactly. They ate fruit that God told them not to eat. So God has said, hey, don't do this. Your parents ever said something like that? Don't do this, don't climb on that, don't, right? And guess what they did? They disobeyed God and they ate the apple. And guess what happened as a result of that? They got kicked out of the garden. That's right, it was a really nice garden too. And it brought all this trouble to the world because of what they did. Because they didn't obey God, who was their father, they got kicked out of this really nice garden. I want you to think of like a really cool playground, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, you can't be in here anymore. And then all kinds of things went wrong because they were disobedient. But you know what? Here's the great thing. God, because he loves us all so much, he didn't leave it there. He didn't be like, okay, well, tough luck. You guys were naughty. You disobeyed me. That's it. But instead, what did he do? He sent Jesus. He sent Jesus to do what they couldn't do. And I think you guys know a verse, don't you, that's connected to that. From John 3.16. Do you guys know that one? Can you turn around and, and tell, tell the grown-ups? Can you tell them so they can hear you? Good job. That's so good. So, you know, we were talking about that word honor. And a good way to think of this is, one way you can honor your parents is by telling them something really nice. Right? By thanking them for something or telling them something about them that you love. Okay? So what I want you to do, right, I'm going to talk to the grown-ups again. But as I'm talking to them, I want you each going to get some paper and a pencil. And I want you to write something that you can say to your mom or your dad or to both of them, right, about how, how you love them or how thankful you are for something, okay? And then at the end of the service, we're going to read them to them, okay? And if you're little and are having trouble writing one of the bigger pens from one of the adults. That's right. You can just tell them what you want to say and we'll write it down, okay? So why don't you guys do that while I talk to the grown-ups, okay? <clears throat> so it's, it's natural for, for most of us at some point to want to rebel and to uh, disobey our parents. It's kind of, it's in our DNA to speak, so to speak. But as parents, if you are a parent, you have a a God-given responsibility of passing down the faith that you have grown up with, of passing on your faith to your children. And if children... If there's not a basic level of honor and respect that parents have between them and their children, then of course it's near impossible to do this. And one of the things that, that makes it more challenging for parents this, this, in these days is our modern day society and culture. And the reason it makes it more difficult to be a parent is that we're in a place where our society tends to idolize youth, right? It, we're in a culture that idolizes youth. And to be young and new, or the next new thing, is seen as the most desirable quality 
right? Especially when we look at the film industry, when we look at the music industry. You know, we see it in politics as well, right? To be young, new, fresh, the next new thing is seen as appealing and automatically better than something that's gone before. And this, this over-glorification, if you like, of, of youth and a constant obsession with novelty has actually led to a, a lack of honoring the generations that have, have gone before us. The great case in point of this that I found was, um, <clears throat> I recently I watched an interview on the BBC and it was, a, it was a young Scottish member of parliament. He, he looked like he was just out of college. He must have been in his early 20s. And uh, he was describing Winston Churchill as a white supremacist mass murderer. And um, there's, there's no questions that Churchill was a, a, was a complex and a flawed man. And he was definitely a product of his times. But the... The young Scottish MP, he seemed to miss the irony of the fact that had, he not, had it not been for Churchill, uh, that Scottish MP probably wouldn't have been sounding very Scottish. He would have probably had a little bit more of a German twang to his accent. And it's a classic example of not understanding what the generations before have done for us. And this bleeds over into this, this youth culture which just says, hey, if you're young and you're attractive and all these kind of things, well, that's all that really matters. And so we see how this affects things that are marketed to children, right? We see it in, in the products, in the, the commercials, um, in the media, the TV shows the kids watch. Uh, uh, and they're, they're directed at children. And often, I'm sure you've noticed this, the, the parent is seen as the, as the bumbling idiot, right? As the, the out of touch and technologically illiterate you know, kind of, oh, I, I don't know how to work this iPhone. <laughs> you know, and the, the kids are like, God, you know, oh, Dad, you know. And they're sort of the uncool dad or the, the annoyingly over-obsessive mother are two stip- typical stereotypes that the industry likes to convey to children. And, of course, what this does, it's, it's a deliberate and highly effective strategy to undermine parental authority and ultimately to undermine the family unit lack of respect and honoring of our parents then tends to roll out into all areas of society, right? Anything connected with authority is seen as something to be pushed back at and to be rebelled against. And the Apostle Paul, he actually, he saw all this as a sign of, of the, the sort of the end times coming. Um, listen to what he says in 2 Timothy, this is chapter 3. And Paul says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves Lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving. That's a big one these days, isn't it? Nobody wants to forgive. Slanderous, without self-control, brutal, and haters of good. I don't know about you, but I feel like that could have been written last night. It's an amazing social commentary on what we are in right now as we live in 2019. But as usually, as is usually the case with the Christian life, as followers of Jesus, we are not to take our cue and example from culture. We are to take our example and cue from Scripture. This doesn't change. Our culture changes all the time. The views of culture change all the time and are constantly, what's the word, evolving. 
We need something stable that never changes, that is timeless in its wisdom. And so we base how we live our lives and we take our cue from Scripture. And Scripture instructs us to honor our mother and our father. Now, are there times where we shouldn't honor our father and our mother? Absolutely. Whenever, if you have a parent, and some parents are very awful parents, and they ask you or they're trying to direct you to do something that contradicts God and God's ways and God's decrees, then no, we're not supposed to obey our parents. Just like we wouldn't do that with a, um, a state or a government that would call us to do something contradictory to the word of God. But we are to generally have a respect for authority within reason. Now, honoring your parents is relatively easy to do if you have a good relationship with your parents, right? But what about if you have a broken relationship with your parents? What if you grew up without a mother or a father, or you never knew either of your parents? What if your parents were abusive? What if you have a broken, bad relationship with your parents? Well, I know for a fact there are people sitting here this morning who that's most likely to be the case because these are difficult but all too common realities of the fallen world we live in. Parents don't always act the way they should. They're not always the good parents and the protectors and the teachers and the pastors that they should be. They're broken people like we are. And I mentioned earlier that the family is the basic social and spiritual unit of society. And so, of course, it should be expected that this is going to be a primary target of Satan. Satan loves to see families destroyed and children's lives ruined. It's something he delights in. But if you find yourself asking those questions, if you find yourself asking, well, I don't, I don't have a great relationship with my mom. I don't have a great relationship with my father. I never knew my father, or whatever those questions might be. I just want to encourage you and remind you that there is hope. With God, there's always hope. For while your earthly parents may have let you down, they may have failed you. And I know that God weeps at that fact. Because he's the ultimate parent, isn't he? But while your earthly parents may have failed you, we know that scripture teaches us that we have been adopted by God, by the Father himself as his children. Do you realize that? That when, when you've embraced Jesus, you were adopted into his family. Psalm 27 verse 10 says this, Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. You, you're not orphans. You're a beloved child of God. Each and every one of you, he loves and he's adopted you into his family. And guess what? This is where the church can truly shine. This is where the church can truly shine because the church itself becomes the family. Do you realize that if you're part of this church, if this is your community, this is your spiritual family? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, he says, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And pointing to his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers and my sisters. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and my sister 
and my mother. So you see that when you look around this church, look, just take a look at each other for a second, okay? Don't be scared, okay? These are your brothers, your sisters. Some of these are mothers and fathers in the faith to you. This is your family, even if you don't have an earthly family or parents. And so when we honor our parents, we honor God. And when we honor God, we honor our Father in heaven by doing his will. Do you see how important that is to to do God's will, to obey God? That is honoring God. That is honoring our Father in heaven. And there it is. It always comes back to God. Everything is about God. And if we do not begin by obeying and honoring God, we will never be able to honor our parents or any other relationship in our lives. So kids, I want to come back to you, okay? And actually, I'm going to give you some advice, but this is actually advice for all of us. I know some of you don't. Your parents may not be living anymore. Um, I... I have one, one parent left. My mum is not living anymore. But here's some great advice if you do. So you ready for this, kid? Number one, say yes. Say yes, mum. Yes, dad. When they ask you to do something, don't fight them. Trust them and say yes. Number two, you listening, kids? Say thank you. Thank you, mum. Thank you, dad. They do things for you all the time. And sometimes it's just good to show that we're grateful, that we appreciate what they do. Number three, say I'm sorry. Do you know there are times where you need to apologize to your parents because you did something that hurt them or upset them and it wasn't right? Say you're sorry. They'll be quick to forgive you. And number four, this is especially true for grown-ups, say hello. Hello, mom. Hello, dad. Pick the phone up. Text them. Call them. Let them know that you love them. I tell you, I, there's so many times where I wish I could just call my mom and just ask her for a piece of advice or hear a silly joke or tell her I love her. And of course, I, I, I'm not going to be able to do that again until I see her. I mean, I talk to her and trust she can hear me. But if you've still got a parent alive, pick up that phone today. Tell them how much you love them. It's so important. So kids, has everybody written something? Yeah? All right, who wants to read this? Would, do you guys want to read them? Yeah? All right, so who are we starting with here? Yeah, can, can you read yours, Christian? Um, oh, gee. So he says, oh, okay. Yeah, is Jack still here? No. So can I, can, do you know what he said? He said, if I'm good, they'll take me out for ice cream. Good job. Not exactly what we had in mind, but close. How about, <laughs> now how about you? You want me to read it? So here's Caitlin, it says, Going to the ice cream. Yummy, yummy, yummy. All right, we got, we got an ice cream theme going on here. So you know what you could say? You could say, thank you for taking me to get ice cream. 
How about you, Owen? Do you want to read it? You are the best dad in the world. That is awesome. Is there more you want to read? I like how you are so silly. I love you so much. That's beautiful. Thank you, Owen. How about you? You didn't have anything? Okay. How about you, Ilana? I love you to the moon and back. So sweet. What'd you get, Wilson? Like you wrote a lot. Do you want me to read it for you? Yeah? Okay, so this is Wilson. Mom, thank you for making pizza and making other foods for me. And thank you for telling me what to do so I don't get sick. <laughs> you are the best dad ever. I love both of you. Aww. These are beautiful messages, guys. Did you have anything, Bobby? Nope. He's like, I'm just going to hide here in the pews. Okay. <laughs> well, kids, I think those are some really wonderful things you said to your parents. Oh, we got one more? We do? Who's that? Sadie? Do you have one, Sadie? No, she, she doesn't want it. Okay. So... That's some wonderful, beautiful things. And I want to encourage you to keep doing that and do that a lot for your parents because you have no idea how much that melts their hearts. Okay? And I just want to, uh, before we move on, I, I, I want to spend a few, a few moments in prayer here because we've been talking about parents, mothers and fathers and children. And there's, there's a few people I want to lift up today in, in our congregation, in our church, who've, who've suffered some really tough losses this week. And so firstly, I, I want to lift uh, Janet up to you, Janet Colburn, who um, had the very sad news of losing her son at the beginning of last week, Sal. And Lord, I just pray that you would, you would be with Janet and with Marie, his sister, and also with Barbers as he, as he comforts his family. Lord, your word says in, in Psalm 34 that, um, Lord, you are close to the brokenhearted. And so I pray, Lord, that your presence would be felt by Janet and her family, that you would remind them of your great love for them and that you are walking through them with this that you love Janet, you love Marie, you love Bob and the whole family. And we thank you, Lord, for Sal and that um, he is with you now as we speak. I also want to lift up Dave Stewart, who lost his mom on Tuesday. And Lord, I pray for Dave that you would, you would comfort him during this time. Jesus, you said that blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And I pray your comfort over Dave and over Melanie and the rest of his family, that they again would feel your presence and know that you are there with them. And lastly, I also want to lift up Marion Smith, who, who suffered a heart attack this week, and she is in the hospital. Um, I hear that she, she's doing okay, she's stable, and um, is responding well. But no, nonetheless, Lord, we lift her up to you. We pray for Marion that she would recover from this, that you would heal her, uh, restore her to full health. And I just lift up everybody in our church who might be going through something right now, be it a loss or a sickness or an illness. Lord, we know you are on the throne and you are in control. And so we ask for your blessing 
over all these people and everybody else who is going through something right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.